Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. We're doing the Sunday recorded version for Manna for Breakfast, so uh, Happy Resurrection Day for those of you that might catch us on Sunday and Monday. Hopefully you had a wonderful day with family at church. And uh, we had, I'm quite confident, a, a wonderful time. I'm going to turn up the mic a little bit. So we're going to just run through these uh, scripture verses and make this a brief, a, a little bit more brief than normal because of the weekend we are celebrating and the busy things we're all doing. So if you'll turn to Joshua chapter 10, please, let's all listen. Give this time over to the Lord and ask him to bless it. Father God, thank you for the time we have. We thank you, God, for this amazing weekend. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for all that you've done for us and are continuing to do for us as you feed us your manna each and every day. Chapter 10. Now, it came about when... Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king. So he had done to Ai and its king, so that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were within their land, that he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and its men were mighty, therefore Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent word to Horam, king of Hebron, and to Piram, king of Jarmuth, and to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the sons of Israel. So the five kings of the Amorites the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up. They, with all their armies, encamped at Gibeon and fought against it. When the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill countries have assembled against us. So Joshua went from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel, and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and pursued them by the way of the ascent to Beth Horon, and struck them as far as Ezekah and Makeda, and they fled from before Israel while they were at the descent of Bethoron, and the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. And there were more who died from the hailstones and from those from the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel, and he said, in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jashar? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and did not hasten to go down about a whole day. 
There was no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp of Gilgal. Now these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in the cave of Makeda. It was told Joshua, saying, These five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Makeda. And Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and assign men by it to guard them. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies and attack them in the rear. Do not allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. And it came about when Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished slaying them with a very great slaughter until they were destroyed, and the survivors who remained of them had entered the fortified cities, that all the people returned to the camp to Joshua of Makeda in peace. No one uttered a word against any of the sons of Israel. Then Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring these five kings out to me from the cave. They did so, and brought these five kings out to him from the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. When they brought these five kings out to Joshua, Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, Come near, put your feet on their necks of these kings. So they came near and put their feet on their necks. Joshua then said to them, Do not fear, be dismayed, be strong, and be courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. So afterwards Joshua struck them, put them to death, and he hanged them on five trees, and they hung on the trees until evening. It came about at sunset that Joshua gave command, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves and put large stones over the mouth of the cave to this very day. Now Joshua captured Makeda on that day and struck its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. He left no survivors. Thus he did to the king of Makeda just as he had done to the king of Jericho. Verse 29, Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on to Makeda to Libna and fought against Libna. The Lord gave it also to its king into the hands of Israel, and he struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor in it. Thus he did to the king just as he had done to the king of Jericho. And Joshua and all Israel with him passed on to Libna, to Lachish, and they captured it and fought against it. The Lord gave Lachish into the hands of Israel, and he captured it on the second day, and struck it, and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword, according to all that he had done to Libna. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish, and Joshua defeated him and his people until he had left him no survivor. And Joshua and all Israel with him passed on to Lachish, to Eglon, and they captured it and fought against it. They captured it on that day and struck with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed that day every person who was in it according to all that he had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all, all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron, and they fought against it. They captured it and struck it with its king and all its cities and all the persons who were in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor according to all that he had done to Eglon. He utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to Debir and they fought against it. Verse 39. 
He captured it with its king and all its cities, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed every person who was in it. He left no survivor, just as he had done to Hebron, so he did to Debir and its king, as he had also done to Libna and its king. Thus Joshua struck all the land, the hill country, and the Negev, and the low land, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left no survivors, but he utterly destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea, even as far as Gaza, from the hill country of Goshen, even as far as Gibeon. Joshua captured all these kings and their lands at one time, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. So Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. Chapter 11. Then it came about when Jabin, king of Hazar, heard of it, that he sent to Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and the king of Akshaph, and to the kings who were of the north in the hill country, and to the Arabah south to Chinroth, in the lowland, and on the heights of Dor on the west, to the Canaanite on the east, and on the west the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Pizzerite, and the Jebusite in the hill country, and the Hivite at the foot of Hermon in the land of Mizpeh. They came out, they and all their armies with them, as many people as the sand that is on the seashore, with very many horses and chariots. So all the kings, having agreed to meet, came and encamped together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid because of them, for tomorrow at this time I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war with him came upon them suddenly by the water of Merom and attacked them. The Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel so that they defeated them and pursued them as far as the as great Sidon and Mishraphoth Maim in the valley of Misphe to the east. They struck them until no survivor was left to them. Joshua did to them as the Lord had told him. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. Then Joshua turned back at that time and captured Hazor, struck its king with the sword, for Hazor formerly was the head of all the kingdoms. They struck every person who was in it with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. There was no one left who breathed, and he burned Hazor with fire. Joshua captured all the cities of these kings and all their kings, and he struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. Moreover, Israel did not burn any cities that stood on their mounds, except Hazar alone, which Joshua burned. All the spoil of these cities and the cattle and the sons of Israel took as their plunder, but they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. They left no one who breathed. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all the Lord had commanded Moses. Thus Joshua took all the land, the hill country, and all the Negev, all the land of Goshen, and the lowland, the Arabah, the hill country of Israel, and its lowland. From Mount Halak, that rises towards Seir, even as far as Baal Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, at the foot of Mount Ramon. And he captured all their kings that struck them down and put them to death. Joshua waged war 
a long time with all these kings. There was not a city which made peace with the sons of Israel except the Hivites living in Gibeon. They took them all in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts to meet Israel in battle in order that they might utterly destroy them, that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim from the hill country, from Hebron, from Debir to Anab, and from the hill country of Judah and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. There were no Anakim left in the land of the sons of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod, some remained. So Joshua took the whole land, according to all the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel, according to their divisions by their tribes. Thus the land had rest from war. Chapter 12. Now these are the kings of the land whom the sons of Israel defeated, and whose land they possessed beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise from the valley of the Arnon as far as Mount Hermon and all the Arabah to the east. Sidon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon and ruled from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, both the middle of the valley and half of Gilead, even as far as the brook Jabbok, the border of the sons of Ammon, and the Arabah as far as the sea of Chirath, toward the east and as far as the Sea of the Arabah, even the Salt Sea, eastward towards Beth Jeshimoth, and on the south at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah, on the territory of Og, king of Bashan, of the remnant of the Rephaim, who lived at Ashtaroth, at Edri, and ruled over Mount Hermon and Seleka and all Bashan, as far as the border of the Jeshurites, and the Machathites, and the half of Gilead, as far as the border of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the sons of Israel defeated them, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it to the Reubenites and to the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, as a possession. Now these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the sons of Israel defeated beyond the Jordan, toward the west, from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon, even as far as Mount Halak, which arises towards Seir. And Joshua gave it to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions. In the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, on the slopes, and in the wilderness, and in the Negev, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Pizrite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, the king of Jericho, one, the king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one, the king of Jerusalem, one, the king of Hebron, one, the king of Jarmuth, one, the king of Lachish, one, the king of Eglon, one, the king of Gizir, one, the king of Debir, one, the king of Geder, one, the king of Hormah, one, the king of Ared, one, the king of Libna, one, the king of Adullam, one, the king of Makeda, one, the king of Bethel, one, the king of Tapua, one, the king of Hefer, one, the king of Aphek, one, the king of Lasharon, one, the king of Madon, one, the king of Hazor, one, the king of Shimron, Meron, one, the king of, of Ashaf, one, the king of Ta'anak, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kadesh, one, the king of Jokniam in Carmel, one, the king of Dor in the height of Dor, one, the king of Goim in Gilgal, one, the king of Tizra, one, in all 31 kings. <laughs> we'll stop there. That is a lot of kings to conquer. 
And one of the best ways to conceive of what's going on now in the book of Joshua, at least for me, is to understand that God has chosen to wipe out those in the land of Canaan that have been extremely rebellious and whose thoughts were evil continually. Just as he brought the flood upon the world with a global water flood, now he's choosing not to destroy the whole world again, but one section of it with a flood of men of Israel. Israel becomes God's flood water to go in and wipe out man, woman, beast, everything, because God had decreed that he had given them enough time to repent and to change, but their hearts were growing continually wicked, and they had a huge influence there with the remnants of the Anakim, the Raphaim, the Nephilim, all those that had come from Genesis 6 with the fallen ones, starting a race of hybrid giants whose DNA was then passed on to normal height people, but they still they still had within them a contaminated or hybridic type of DNA structure. So it wasn't that they were all giants. It's just that there was many giants among them, but they all were interrelated. And um, the, only the tribes that he were, they were told to completely wipe out, man, woman, animals, everything, were those that theologians believe were connected directly back to Genesis 6. So just as the flood came on largely due to that hybrid contamination of the world, this is now trying to finish, remember, because even after the flood, they came back. And now God is choosing to just focus on them, primarily where they were dwelling and the evil that they were spreading and the rebellion against Yahweh God was there in Canaan. So that is what they're doing. And we see Joshua going in. We have the Valley of uh, of the Miracle, of the first guided missiles uh, called hailstones, smart missiles, you should say, that came down and only killed the enemy. Hailstones. Not one hailstone killed one Israelite, but they killed the enemy, more killed by the hailstones than by the sword of Israel. That was obviously a major miracle where that happened. And then, of course, we have the long day of Joshua, famous in the Bible, and scoffers have always tried to use that as a way to disprove the Bible. But um, we know that um, God is a God of power. And God has the whole universe in his hands. And he can do as he pleases. And he had the stun- sun stand still in the valley of Ajalon so that the victory could be gained. So that all the enemies would know that their gods, the sun god Ra, and all of the other gods they worshipped to the celestial host were nothing in comparison to Yahweh, who had control of the sun and the moon and the stars and all the territories. They all believed that the gods were local and that Yahweh God should not have power over their god of Baal Peor and all these, the storm god, who is supposed to have control. Um, many of these, their gods supposed to have control over the movement of the sun and the moon and different things. But no, Yahweh was sh- proving himself to be strong over all. And we see these amazing things that he did. All right, jumping over to Luke chapter 10. I think it's the first 26 verses, if my memory serves. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves, carry no money belt, no bags, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking. What do they give you? For the labor is worth a labor. The labor is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I say to you, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracle had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will be brought down to Hades. The one who listens to you listens to me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. He who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Verse 17. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. At that very time, he rejoiced greatly with the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to the infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I say to you that many prophets and kings wished to see the things which you see and did not see them, and hear the things which you hear and did not hear them. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law, and how does it read to you? And he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? And we'll stop there for today. Well, uh, interesting, as Jesus goes through all of this with his disciples, and they are going out being used of the Lord. Remember, this is their training to learn how to walk in the Spirit and not after Jesus in, in their eyeballs and learning. They were, they were willing to follow Jesus wherever he led and be with them, but they needed to learn how to rely upon him when he would not be with them physically. So he sends them out as a little homework assignment. I'm not going to go with you, but just trust and God's going to use you. And they see these amazing things happen. And of course, they do cast out demons. And just to show them that God that's powered by his Holy Spirit could do amazing things. But that was not 
the gl most glorious thing. The most glorious thing was that they themselves were saved, that they were being saved, processed in one sense, because he had not yet fully breathed upon them. And it's, it's a whole interesting theological discussion about <laughs> when the Holy Spirit was really in them and sealed them for salvation. But they were safe and secure in Jesus' arms nonetheless by this point. He was just going to complete what he had started with them. But nevertheless, they are there. They're doing amazing things. And it's this great example for us that we are blessed. Um, we are blessed because Jesus has shown himself to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, whether he's physically present or whether he's present in the spirit. And so we're to trust him in that and that he still heals and he still proclaims and he still battles against the enemy. So this is what we see and we see him dealing with what how salvation the concepts of salvation was then according to the law and how jesus was transforming it into a thing of grace so wonderful and uh, this is why we celebrate the resurrection day because of what he did making that available to us so i pray you guys have a wonderful rest of the day whenever you are listening to this and we um, will just be continuing to pray that you are ever growing deeper in your walk with the Lord as you feast on his manna for breakfast. Adios from Vallarta. Love you guys. Give us a thumbs up if you're on YouTube or something or give us a, a, a hello from wherever you're listening. It's always good to hear from people. So God bless you all. We will see you tomorrow. Same time. Bye-bye.